Renault, you stand before the FIA's World Motorsport Council. You are charged with breaching Article 151C of the Sporting Code in that at the 2008 Singapore Grand Prix, you conspired with your driver, Nelson Piquet Jr., and instructed him deliberately to crash in order to cause the safety car to be deployed to the advantage of your other driver. Pat Simmons, how do you plead? Uh, not guilty, sir. We didn't do it. What evidence do you bring forward in your defence? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Now, Sino was our driver, and we've tried to get him to do what we wanted him to do all blabbing season, and he couldn't manage it. So why should he suddenly be able to do it at that race? Case dismissed. Gareth Jones on speed! Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. Hope you had a good summer holidays. We did and one of the team is still on his summer holiday. I'm the one called Gareth. He's the one called Zog. And standing next to us, will you welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed with a small applause, Johnny Smith. Johnny! Thank you, thank you. We've we've watched you on that telly. We've read you in your reviews online and in papers. And it's fun. Fantastic to have you on this show. Richard's still on his holiday, you see, so... On the reserve. You've got number 13 on your back. Yeah, yeah. on your back, it's got the name of uh, about 23 different drag racing oh, yes. suppliers. You, yeah. You're not you, keen on cars, by chance. No, well, I got, I got given this T-shirt. It's one of those drag racing T-shirts with about 800 colours on. Nice, it's got a vet on the front. Yeah, yeah, always airbrushed. And they're not actually very attractive T-shirts, but I got given it by a friend of mine who has the world's fastest street legal car. Ah. And so I cherish this T-shirt. That's a good shirt. That's mm. his car there. That is a Vauxhall VX490, isn't it? it? With, a, yeah, v, with yeah. a V8 and probably nitro injection or Twin something? Twin turbo, yeah. 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 When, when you say fastest street legal car, just just how fast are we talking? 0 to 189 in 7.6 seconds. Well done. Well done for well knowing done. the answer <laughs> and for, for actually for, for achieving that velocity. <laughs> well, both of those I'm applauding. He's, yeah, a big shout out to him, Andy, if you're listening. Cool. Respect. So you like your motorsport, but you like... Do you like drag racing or is it just a I personal do. relationship no I do I, I, I really like drag racing like, there's a lot more to it than what people think yeah. it's not just sitting there waiting for the lights to go green and then just squeezing the throttle and you know with the radio on it's actually there's, a, there's so many different tactics for drag racing it's unbelievable I mean is a lot of it to do with tyres and sort of getting them up to the temperature because I mean, yeah. in my limited knowledge of drag racing I know the stuff to do with you know getting your tyres sticky enough and yeah. sort of the way that they spin up and as they get faster they get more rigid you got uh, that yeah. you got yeah. tyre yeah you got tyre compound tyre pressure's really important suspension set up because it's all very well having the power but it's delivering the power to the ground because a slight amount of wheel spin is like a second Mm-hmm. Or, or second and a half a second and a half in drag racing is just loads in well in all motorsport it's loads but that's the difference between being in the 8s or being in the 9s or being in the 10s and the difference between a 7 second quarter mile and a 9 second quarter mile is massive Mm. I went to Santa Pod once. I made a film there for Speed Sunday about drag racing and thoroughly enjoyed it. The smell yeah. of it stays with you for the week and it stays on your clothes. It does, yeah. It yeah, really, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can't get away from it. Yeah. But then I had a conversation with a mate of mine who'd been to Santa Pod and he said that he enjoyed drag racing because he turned up and thought, oh, this is going to be good. And he stood there and then somebody went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Which frightened the life out of him. He wasn't expecting it. Oh, and, yeah. and that's pretty much what it is, isn't oh, it? It's, it's like shock, shock to the system. Oh, it's yeah. Great. It's um, because it's just a straight road. So when you first pull up and you think, well, 
It can't be that good. It's not like circuit <laughs> racing. They don't yeah. clip the apex or anything. They might clip the arm curve if they're unlucky. But yeah, it's like a big launch. It's all about the launch. Yeah. And then you just look down there. There's a digital readout that tells you the terminal speed, the reaction time, the lights. It's like the difference between a traditional shootout in an old-style John Ford Western and a shootout in a Sergio Leone Western where it's all about the build-up and you've got all the suspense. Uh, it is, And then yes. you've got just a couple of seconds point. of intense action. It's just bang, there it's it goes. It's true. Yeah, everyone has to do it. Do you like the top field guys? Do you like the funny cars? Yeah. Do you like the bikes? All of it. Yeah, I can go to um, Santa Pod and sit on the bank, the grassy knoll. Yeah, lay, lay out a little, <laughs> little rifle. Uh, yeah, yeah, lay out a little um, <laughs> like um, hamper and sit there and just yeah. watch any type of drag racing for a whole day. And I, I actually don't want to talk to anyone. I just got this sort of autistic. Come on, feel the noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, mm. top fuel's just nuts yeah. because they pull up to the line and it's already deafening and they're just idling. <laughs> and then the idle goes. Let me get this right. I think the idle goes a bit lower as they're staging up and someone said to me it's because they're switching on the second fuel pump and you know because there's a halo of just horrible haze around the car and, yeah, yeah. and if you're nearby you cry yeah. because of the, the nitromethane yeah, yeah. Yeah. is just yeah. unbelievable yeah. and then the reaction off the line is just so vicious yeah. but don't so they actually vicious. use quite primitive transmissions to, to get that isn't that they, they use yeah. like a really old style two speed sort of, power glide yeah yeah, an American two-speed auto, which yeah. is like the most simple prehistoric gearbox. I wasn't expecting to talk about drag racing at the top of the show, but I'm glad we did. Johnny, well, yeah, it's no, great no. to have you with us. For me, drag racing is deciding which kilt to put on before the show. <laughs> that's, that's my idea of drag race. But I want to talk about some of the other racing that's been going on. Hang on. Consult me notes. Oh, There's been so much going on. Agenda. It's upside, it's upside down. down um, yeah. All right, where do we start? Fizzy to Ferrari. Zog, oh. 20 seconds. Happy? <laughs> I'm very happy. I mean, <laughs> I, and I have to say, you know, of course, you know, that, that is the phrase we associate with Giancarlo Fisichella. Yeah. If you've seen that photograph of Fisichella in the Ferrari for oh, the first time, you know, have you ever seen a picture that sort of says, yeah. I'm very happy more than I'm that? I'm very I mean, happy. Just... Well, I don't know if you know this, but when Fizzy first appeared in F1, his command of the English language was appalling. Was it? Basically, Limited. all he would say at the end of every race is, yeah, car good, uh, team good, I'm very happy. And that's all he could say. And for him, and now he really is really very happy. happier I mean, than ever. i really happy. <laughs> <laughs> really, really happy. And I'm happy for him. You've been a physical fan, no, I've been a physical fan for years. Yeah. One of the things that's great about this is the way that it's contributing to the variety of wonderful things that is happening in this F1 season. It's, it's just, great. I mean, you know, we've got some, you know, the little sort of, you know, the button fairies, fairies draw at the start of the season. And, yeah. you know, and, and right now, sort of, you know, more or less out of nowhere, um, uh, very unfortunate for Felipe Massa that he had to have an accident for it to happen. But almost he had to have an accident. He had, <laughs> he, he had to. Well, somebody else maybe had to. But that's another story. <laughs> like boxing, um, where they say you go down in the eighth. Yeah, that's Yeah, and you know, Fisichella at the end of his career, because you know he was probably going to be out of a drive next year, right? You know, and you know, at, at the end of his yeah. career, you know, he he gets his dream of a drive for Ferrari. Yeah. I mean, how, he how said, good is that? He said for years that he always wanted to drive for Ferrari, but they would never have him. They've ignored his calls. Mm. And so suddenly to where it's come from, I think it's the change of management. It's Stefano Domenicali, who's perhaps always been a closet fizzy fan. Well, but, I there, think. but, but, but there is also simply the, the, the fact that, you know, they needed to get a fast driver into the car. Mm. Clearly, Quickly. Luca Badoa <laughs> was not that man. And then, well, that's an interesting question. Surely they have to do something about the testing rules at the moment, because I don't believe that Ferrari had any idea that Luca Badeau was going to be that slow. Mm, and if they didn't true. know he was going to be that slow, given that he's been their test driver for so long, they obviously Sorry can't situation. do testing. Yeah. Yeah. They've, they've got to, they've got to, I've got to say at this point, podcasters, that I'm being really quiet. 
and it's because I don't know a lot about Formula One. But that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's I, right. I feel I feel okay. a bit left out. I, okay. I used to watch Formula One when uh, uh, Nigel Mansell did it and Damon Hill and that Katiyama bloke that we were talking about earlier, Ukio Katiyama, oh, who yeah. is not the new Prime Minister of Japan, who is <laughs> Yukio Hatayama. Have you heard this? The new Prime Minister of Japan is called Yukio Hatayama. And every time it was on the news, what, Yukio Hatayama? Really? A substandard Formula One yeah. driver is the man ruling Japan. I'm very pleased. Right. I'm very happy. <laughs> I'm very happy. I think F1, That was your bag. Well, my, just my little soundbite is, F1 is becoming interesting again to me Good. because we've got some Brits... Yeah. Button's back, yeah. which is great yeah. for him because I think he's probably felt like he's had a kick in the swingers for the last few years. And you're years. a Somerset lad, though, aren't you? I am. You were born there. Not yeah, Froome, yeah, yeah. though. You from Froome? Not Froome, no. Right. No, that's... Froome's like... The, to be honest, even though Kevin McLeod from Grand Designs is there, it is the crap end of Somerset. <laughs> it is, because it's nowhere near the sea or anything. You want the sea and true. stuff, don't you? But yeah. they've got some good cider there, haven't they? They've got some good... Yeah, yeah. Valley, yeah, some... yeah, that's true. And they've got the Somerset levels, which is kind of like the Fens... Right, it's okay, a bit scary. Yeah, it's yeah. just a bit weird. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that's making F1 interesting at the moment, <laughs> not the cider from Somerset. <laughs> no. But this whole business with PK, as we made the gag before the show, Renault being called to the World Motorsport Council. So yeah, you, <clears throat> you jest so lightly about going down in the eighth round, but did somebody ask Nelson PK to what do, do you, that last year? What do you think? <sighs> well, I do think that if you were going to suspect anybody in the world of F1 of fixing a match like that Flav Flav's your man I've got to say you you know, Flavio Briatore he's um, always I mean, been dodgy well, uh, <laughs> allegedly allegedly and there was a lot of talk right from the moment it happened about how extraordinarily fortuitous it was for Renault and for Alonso that Piquet crashed when he did which pretty much fixed the result of the race in Alonso's favour that does sure it looks suspicious but the thing that really makes me wonder how much there is in that though is it wasn't a minor shunt that, that no, Pika had on that occasion. No, it was a big slam, um, yeah. I'm just not sure that yeah. anybody would say, yes, I am going to stuff my car into you know, that concrete wall quite that fast, you know. I know we joked about it before the start of the show, but I don't think it was intentional. I think that's too big a risk to ask your driver to intentionally crash. I just think that's... <laughs> Plus, a... you can probably count on Nelson doing it on his own account anyway. Oh, so, so, yeah. you know, why bother to ask him to do it? <laughs> but what an interesting season, and it all started with uh, poor old Massa, who uh, had a, a terrible, terrible turn of events with his fellow countryman, Barrichello's spring coming off and trashing his helmet. So we, we wish oh, yeah. Massa mm. well... You know, we, what did it? What's he broken? Uh, his entire head, basically. Mm. Yeah, he broke his head. He broke around his eye. Well, he's actually today. Well, I say today, the day we recorded this show, he was having a little more plastic surgery to finish the whole thing up. Hola, Senior Mather. How are you feeling today? Well, much better, thank you very much. I must say I'm looking forward to returning to racing as soon as possible. Well, that won't be this season. I'm afraid we still have a little plastic surgery to do. What I will do is today to repair the very small hole that remains in your skull, a very minor procedure. Oh, obrigado, Doctor. But can I ask you a question? But of course, far away. Well, you see, this Philip Massa cute face, the way I look means that other drivers do not fear me. Some journalists, particularly Richard Porter from Sniffer Petrol, think that I am far too cute to win the F1 World Championship. Well, Felipe, the minus car 
on the left of your face from the accident will make you look a little less cute and slightly more, uh, shall we say, rugged. Excellent. And can you do anything to make me as tall as Kimi Raikkonen? <laughs> well, we can try, but I cannot make any guarantees. Excuse me one moment. Hola. Hola, doctor. Sorry to interrupt, but I have a senior PK junior on the phone waiting to know if you can perform a talent transplant. I'm afraid not, Maria. Tell him I'm a doctor, not a bloody medical worker. Gareth Jones and Speed! Cynical Oz! You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speed with Zog, Gareth Jones and Johnny Smith. Hello. Do you realise if we had our own show, it would be called Alias Smith and Jones, perhaps? Yeah. That would work, wouldn't it? Yeah. Alias Smith and Jones and Zog. Yeah, I That works. I, <laughs> I never made it into that low-budget... Um, Alias uh, Smith and Jones. Uh, what I'd wish for... Um, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, that was what it was based on, the old TV series. The Alas Smith and Jones, you're thinking of. Oh, no, I'm no, no, thinking no, no, of... No. Oh, Hang on, Alias. what's going on? I was thinking of Alas oh, Smith no, and Jones. And I you're thinking... Because I said Alias Smith exactly. and Jones. Exactly. I was thinking Alias Smith and Jones. Aliens Smith and Jones. <laughs> 1970s TV series sort of based inspired by Butch Cassidy and Lots Kid about Kid Curry and Hannibal Hayes uh, Pete, two Pete, lovable outlaws on the run yeah Pete Duell was one of them he may have gone off topic here yeah, back to John, cars you know, lovel, you know lovable lovable um, outlaws on the run I would sometimes think of myself as a, a lovable outlaw on the run you when I'm driving a certain car which girl yeah. well like if I'm driving my Dodge what, what Dodge which Dodge I've got, got a Charger oh what year? 68. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like a 6.3 litre charger with a Chrysler yeah. Torque Flight or something like it's, that? It's manual. Or Hurst 4 speed. A Hurst 4 on the floor? Uh, yes. This is a proper muscle car under half, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah non, I'm, non-servo I'm drums. I'm going to sit down. This is, is a look of envy on my face here. This, this is quite... We've got, well, I, 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 that, this, this is my Formula 1 trump card that I don't have. <laughs> I, I, have I have to buy a muscle car instead. Yeah. That is a very and what a muscle, muscle car. car. What a fine choice. American yeah, built or Australian built? Because some of them were Australian, weren't they? Yeah, some, yeah, this is American. Yeah. I imported it last year. While the dollar was weak, from where? Florida, uh, it's California, San Diego, California. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's an original San Franciscan car. Oh. Uh, it came to Diego like I don't know, twelve years ago or something. But yeah, I decided to do it, and it was actually my wedding car, but oh. it, did, it didn't actually run. And and for all those people, no. that's another story. Oh. And, and, and for all those people who wondered, what's it like driving one of those big old American muscle cars on British roads? It's actually all right. You know, I just said before about that, you, you pretend that you're like some sort of you know, rugged, lovable outlaw or something. Bit of country and western on the radio. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the thing about American cars. Yeah, you know, they, they are flawed. Of course they are. But when you get in a car like that, you suddenly do feel like you're pretty unbreakable, mm. tough. You can pull out of junctions, no one f***ing around with you, you know? And I like that about it. Well, it's, you know, it's tough work driving it. You've got to look down the road. You've got, I've got non-servo-assisted drums. Hard work. Non-servo They're about like Eight and a half Nine inch drums They're not even very big So you've got to pump that pedal It's a spasming right leg When the lights Well you've got two You've got two buckets And what they call A buddy seat in the middle Which is You're supposed to have put Your child there In the uh, 60s Because you know That's safe And it it, it changes into An armrest So if you don't have children It's an armrest If you do have children they're so in the you're making that gifts. transition at the moment from armrest to child To child, yeah. yeah. It's, been ar- it's been armrest for the last, well, since I got it on the road at Good Friday. And when I become a dad, it will be 
No, actually, wow. I probably won't have the kid in the front. I'll probably have him in the back. Yeah. I, I think the I think, law, I think you the may, law you, might tell you. You may have to have a word with your wife about that. I think. Yeah. Uh, whether it's, yeah. But it hasn't got ISO fix. So I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Is it not? A, <laughs> I think it might predated Isofix by about 30 years. And moonshine runners weren't interested in Isofix, ironically. Uh, yeah. So, Johnny, how many cars do you own? Just the I numbers. Th- don't tell us <clears> what they are. I, can th- you I num- think uh, right now, I think me and my wife have got 11. Blimey, Nick. I think. It's a lot it's good. of motors. It's good. good. It's it, well, yeah, but a lot of decrepit motors. Um, of course. Yeah, you know, we're, you, we're not talking like you know, um, MTV Cribs or anything. Your least favourite of all of them? My least favourite at the moment is probably the AMC Pacer. Oh, I love I the know. Pacer. Yeah, I mean, it is great, but it's oh. just, it's, it's the tire, one tyre keeps going flat, and I should actually just replace it, but I haven't. <laughs> so it's always, and the battery's always flat, so it's a real bad <laughs> move around. I think the love's gone a little bit from it. I might advertise it soon, I don't know. The trouble with having loads of cars is keeping them all taxed and everything. You know, you, yeah. you oh, really yeah. have to decide, you know, which two or three you're going to keep on the road at any one time. Oh, yeah, like, it's, you know. it's like crop rotation. Yeah, you have exactly. a fallow one. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, one that you're working on, one that you're using, okay. one that, that you've just used, and that's going to go in for repair. Yeah, I've got two kids. I can never remember their birthdays. Oh. You know, how am I going to manage the MOT on eleven cars? It's it, never that is, that's well, that, serious. One of them shares a birthday with referring back to what we, uh, Jen Carlo Fisichella, who we were talking about. Really? Doesn't it, it doesn't? What, one of your children doesn't, doesn't he have the same birthday as Jen Carlo? I, I don't give the exact date in case anyone's trying to get into my internet account here and works out the password via his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might want to change that part. <laughs> <of the area. laughs> uh, really, I, th- I have to check there. I think you. Well, I think you better have because I just remember noticing it a couple of years ago, and really? I, thought, I thought you knew. So. Hang on, I'm going to ask Violet, who's V. Oh, she's got headphones. Well, what? Okay, we're just gonna pull it's up. funny you should say that. Hey. Well, Gareth's now gone off to ask his wife when his child's <laughs> birthday was. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was just going to say. Well, I, I've got a child due, my first child due in, um, in like the next five days, and I'm hoping that it'll be born. On a day when someone something. someone I respect is also bought was also bought. Well, thing, you know, you know the, the more time goes by, the more things happen, and the more the more events happen that you can commemorate on any. You, know, you can pretty much pick any day out of the calendar, and something good that yeah. you, you will have happened that day. Exactly. I share a birthday with Huey Lewis. And the news. Yeah. No, no, not the news, <laughs> just Siri. Hey, I'm news for Violet. Shout it out, V. What is it? Our youngest son shares a birthday with Giancarlo Fisichella. There you oh, go. That's the other official confirmation. Thank you. Now, that, that is, that's something to be proud oh, of. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, Especially I like if you're into a four. Well, brilliant. I am. Uh, so, sorry, your least I'll probably find car. out like the designer of the Sangyong Rodius was born on exactly the same day as when my child would be born. <sighs> no, it's something. Come on. You've got to hang It's another car I love. I love ugly cars. Oh, I draw the line at that. It's Have beautiful. No, I, I mean, you wouldn't want to drive it. Right. You love it without driving it. You even like the multipla, don't you? I love the multipla. The no, multipla is a genuinely so great car. That is no, quite it's... cool. Oh, but they, okay, so they I'm, facelifted I, I... it because it looked yeah. too weird. I like now the weird it, one. Now, now it, it just looks awful. A, a fat punter. I can yeah. respect yeah. the weirdness, but I never really liked it. It's just, it's, no, it's not. Ironically, it won Car of the Year, didn't it, I think? Yes, because all did. journalists thought it was cool. But yeah. unfortunately, when journalists say they like stuff, it doesn't always mean it'll sell. And it didn't sell. So. No, it didn't really. A lot of car for your money as well. I yeah. Listen, we've had this conversation before. Can't talk about uh, uh, multiplers. All right. So your least favourite car is your Pacer. I think so. Your favourite car is, I'm guessing, one that's not quite on the road yet. Yeah. I've. Uh, yeah. I've got several cars, Gareth. That aren't on the road yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's my problem. Uh, all right. A, a, a uh, British car. I, I have. Know, British, I know that you've got. I do. Yeah. I have a British car. It's an Austin Allegro Series Two. And, um, and and it's two-door, which means a lot to Allegro people because um, two-door Allegros are quite rare. They're not particularly desirable, they're just rare. Did they call it the coupe? 
I don't think they even dared. They, they have one. They have one called the uh, the equip. Or the I remember Akeep. the. Oh, that was it. The equip. Yes. <laughs> now, did that have the seventeen twenty five engine? Uh, no. Uh, now the the Allegro Super was it the Allegro Super? It didn't Allegro Sport, which was a yeah. twin carb seventeen twenty five, I think. Right. Yeah. Which was quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in a straight line, but you get to the corner and uh, oh, yeah, look. and all the all the myths like the back window falling out if you corner it too hard or whatever, or you jack it up and all that crap. Yeah, I mean, there were some good Allegros. I, I, I'm into Allegros. I remember the launch of Allegro. Do you? I, I remember it. Yeah, I remember HP Hone, my local Leyland dealership, and I remember it making the news. And I remember driving past the dealership on my way to school in the bus and seeing the first Allegros there. And I remember being excited by the, the sport model when when it was first in the showroom. There it was a white one, if I remember, with the orange stripe. It had a stripe. Yeah, it had yeah. big stripes. Beautiful. Yeah. But yours, beautiful. <laughs> it was in its day. But you, you, you've got. A, you, Yours is non-standard, uh, internally, appears standard, but very non-standard, is that right? It is, yeah. I mean, it's not quite finished yet, but I've got this Allegro Series 2, like I said. I wanted to buy one to pay homage to my grandma and my auntie, who both used to own Allegros. Oh. Yeah. So I grew up with them, really, and they were always like a sort of like downtrodden mini oh. well, and heavily flawed as well. <laughs> and, 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 and so I thought, I'm going to look out for one on the quiet, find the right car, and this is like, you know, you always go on about, like, if you see a, a car and it's in Wales and it makes you feel like, because you're Welsh, you've got that connection. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, look, I looked on the quiet for about two years for a good Allegro base. One came up on eBay and it was in Somerset, about four miles from where my parents live, where I grew up. Oh. And it was like no money at all. And it was one lady owner in quite good nick. Antique gold, the colour, which is genuinely nothing like gold. It is old, murky, greeny brown, like seagull poo really <laughs> I mean it's just not how gold how did you get from poo to gold I just don't know marketing you know I'm colour blind and I had to check with several people I said that's not gold is it and they went no it's like touch shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so we got this car yeah. and I thought I want to build a street sleeper like a Q car I want to do it on a budget I want to keep it British if I can I was going to rear wheel drive it but I haven't because it got too complicated yeah, yeah. and then and I, I suddenly struck gold one day I thought Rover 827 Sterling V6, front-wheel drive, kind of British. Okay, you know, Honda kind of designed it, but we'll skip that bit. It's got a Rover badge on it, so that's all right. Yeah. And I bought a donor car, full-service history 827, for um, 150 quid <laughs> with MOT and tax. And unfortunately, I have killed it. You took the engine out. So engine, engine and gearbox out. It was a manual car. Right. So the Allegro is now 2.7 injection V6. I want to see this car when it's done. I want to see this. How so do I. How does the gearbox... Manifest itself through the carpet and the floor. Have you got the original British Leyland stick there? With yeah, the, yeah, yeah. We've but it's got, got five instead of four. Even though you got I've four. I've kept the, the knob on the. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the stick and the knob are the same, and it's brown Draylon interior. Draylon, Draylon. How seventies can you get? Oh, it's so oh, itchy. Beautiful. <laughs> itchy, itchy, itchy. And uh, mine's a base model, so it doesn't even have a fag lighter. Just a blanking hole, and it doesn't even have two wing mirrors. It has one wing mirror and a, an omit. On the other side. great. So the engine actually fitted in quite nicely, and it's lighter than the original A series engine, believe it or not. I a significant factor. Or? I'm trying to remember. I knew you'd ask me something. Sorry, like but I the fact that it's lighter is yeah. amazing in yeah. any way. Isn't that going to affect the overall sort of fine tuned you know, balance and handling of the original car? <laughs> I don't think they ever fine tuned the Allegro. They just sort of no. knocked one out, didn't they? I think they knocked out a fair <laughs> as, as it were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was literally knocked out. Yeah. You know, like Proton uh, always employed 
enjoyed Lotus to, to yes. like do a chassis mm. of their hot car to try and make it sell. I really think Leyland should have probably done that. Yes. <laughs> but I haven't got the hydroelastic suspension anymore. We have put it in the bin. It's now coilovers, so it's adjustable, because I'm, pro- I'm hoping right. to take it on track day. It's not going to yeah. be particularly successful, I don't think, but it's just... But it'll be fun. It'll it's a better. fun thing. Yeah, yeah. We, will you come back on this programme when it's running? And can yeah. we come with you in it and record it and, and see what it's like on the first day that you go yeah, out yeah, with yeah. it? I would love that. Yeah. Is it going to make it onto fifth gear, or is this just something that you're doing for your own personal... Well, I'm doing it for myself, but um, there, there has been word that fifth gear are interested in featuring it. So and Tom Ford has, has said as soon as I told him about it, he just said you'll die on that car. That was oh, his car. So he so broke, he broke his foot. Is, is he known a, for his it, psychic insights? This is a man who broke his foot in a what Bedford Rascal Bedford was this? Rascal, yeah. yeah. Painted yeah. to look like the A team van. van. Geniusly <laughs> called it the A Tom van. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Has anyone done a mystery machine? Oh, nice. I don't think they have. I like I've that. seen a mystery. I've seen a VW somewhere. mystery machine. Mm. I normally choose that you know the American like um, like the eighteen type van. Yeah. That, that like always kidnap people in films. Yeah. Especially in the eighties. A Dodge Ram. Thirty three fifty. Yeah. Chevy yeah. Day van. They're just really seedy. Yeah, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Choice of your discerning yeah. conductor. <laughs> can we ask you about fifth gear? Yeah, of course you can. In the last series, mm. most of the stuff that I associate you with you on the series, correct me if I'm wrong, was the uh, Keepskate Alternative strand, which was your strand, really, wasn't it? Yeah. Did you source all the cars or the ideas for the cars in that, or is that something that comes out of discussion with the programme? We do a bit of both, really. They often ask what cars I wouldn't mind talking about for whatever reasons. Sometimes they'll suggest them and I'll say yes or no, so it's a yeah. bit of a two-way yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time I have input because I don't like talking about stuff I don't genuinely believe it yeah I know I think the reason why they gave me that part is because I can't help buying cars second hand cars <laughs> we've noticed I, I, I do I do practice what I preach contrary to what some people think and it's just nice to be able to tell people what they can get for the money because there's so many people out there who say oh I've only got three grand to spend on a car and you're like Mate, three grand gets you so much. Yeah. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, true. You know, we don't all swan around in, in Maseratis and stuff. And make the most of someone else's misfortune. Let someone buy a brand new car and then buy it off them in about six years' time. Yeah, there is a huge upside to depreciation. There really is. There yeah, is. Yeah. People don't appreciate that. Oh, oh. where's that snare drum? <laughs> So, Mr. Rootsis, how is Cosworth Racing preparing itself for a return to Formula One? Well, we have a fine history in creating some of the greatest of racing engines, so I have no worries uh, about the quality and performance of our product. And I think you'll agree that our latest employee, Mark Gallagher, will certainly improve in the one area where we've perhaps been a little disappointing in the last few years, which is our image and in selling ourselves. Uh, He really is a very skilled man in the field of motorsport marketing. Excellent. Uh, bring him in. I'll tell you, you, you'll be really impressed. All right, uh, how's it going, mate? Rock and roll. Noel Gallagher. Uh, I was uh, out of a job since I left the race. It's dead kind of you to call me up and all that. Oh, dear. I think we might need to improve our recruitment department as well. Get up, Joe! Don't speed! We like cars! For those of you who download the show regularly, you might remember uh, a few weeks ago I said that I'd had a rather nice Lotus to drive, a rather special Lotus. Well, I can tell you now what that Lotus was. It was a Lotus Exige 270E 
Tri Fuel. Do you know this car, Johnny Smith? To give you your full title? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do. And I've not driven it. I've only ever driven a normal Exige. Uh, it, the well, Exige is normal, pretty good. It's not a normal car. No, that's it, true. So. There's nothing normal about the Exige. No. You've driven the Elise with me, haven't you, Zoc? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, I mean, A supercharged Elise, actually. Yeah, fantastic well, car. It's a, a nutcase car. A little bit more powerful than, than my 944 Turbo and an awful lot lighter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But this Exige that I had was a prototype. And for some reason, bless Lotus, but I really don't understand why they did this. They gave me the only one. This is the only Lotus Exige 270E Trifuel they've built the fools why do they trust me with this car it's called the tri-fuel because it will run on three types of fuel petroleum or gasoline if you like ethanol and bioethanol well, uh, well, now, now let's with the, uh, oh here we here go it, straight well, in well but first, bioethanol is yeah. surely exactly the same as ethanol there is no okay. difference between the, because you know it's yeah. just a question it's of whether eth- one ethically sourced well, <laughs> it's produced by Organic. well where do you get ethanol but other than from uh, ah, fermenting stuff sugar, that's yeah. you know you do ah, well this is the thing well, this is what second this generation about. third generation you've got yeah. cellulosic ethanol production he's good bloody here we go oh, I'm scared uh, already uh, well you could but you know you, 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 luckily this lead for the microphone's long so I'm stepping back <laughs> yeah no, I'm sorry I know this is getting scary to geeky but just to geek out for a moment you have to get into that you know you know we have to kind of understand the whole process of getting the power to the wheels you know yeah. right from the first moment we you know we have to understand it's the well to the wheel phenomenon yeah thing. exactly exactly yeah. it's it's it, you know uh, and and uh, in this case, the rapeseed to the wheel, I think, isn't well, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, this car... to the wheel. This car, it, it's clever. Because it will run on all these other fuels, they've had to change all the pipes in the engine bay because uh, methanol or ethanol or bioethanol will corrode the kind of pipes that we use to carry petrol. So yes. they're all silicon, I yeah. think, these fuel lines, right. which is great. It does, it, it rots them, yeah. 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 And it's got extra sensors in the engine to... Deal with the different kind of combustion well, characteristics. Of thank the you, Zog. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that was, I was going to say stratified charge, but that's bollocks, isn't it? So yeah, you're right. I'm you not can, clever enough for this podcast. I'm not. I should go. It's my show. <laughs> I'm going. I'll leave you two to it. <laughs> and the point is that this car will run on, on not only these three fuels, but any mix of these three fuels. Now, really? Yeah. It, it works it out. It just whatever you put in, it's fine. And I know this because it, it is a smart car. It, without being yeah. built by Mercedes in France or Switzerland or wherever they build them, France. Yeah. France. So I ran it on petrol because that's how it was delivered. And then I, I found one of these thirty Morrison fuel stations around the country, which have uh, bioethanol, bio, yeah. bioethanol, not biodiesel, bioethanol. Okay, and let's just clarify this: the bioethanol that they're selling is this one hundred percent ethanol, or is it this E eighty five? E eighty five, which is which is eighty five percent ethanol and fifteen yeah. percent traditional uh, petrol. witchcraft. Fifteen yeah. percent witchcraft. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And what was really nice, so I pulled into this garage. I had to do a diversion of about forty five miles to find this place. Yeah. They're like negating <laughs> any fuel savings because yeah. it is actually more fuel efficient. It is, mm. gives you a bit more power and it gives you a bit more miles per gallon yeah. but I pulled in I filled it up and I went in to pay for it and the people behind the, the desk said you, you do know that you've just put bioethanol in your car so do you yeah, yes, you're, I the, you're the first customer. Yes, I was. Here. Really, I was. Yeah, really? I was. It's, oh, well done. We're very excited. We thought you'd made a mistake. Really, I mean, <laughs> well, and I said, like, oh, the car's broke out. Oh, marvelous! So I filled it and drove off. Nuts and toffee. The oh, smell what? of nuts and toffee. It smells gorgeous. Oh, really? Yeah. Because it's funny you should say that. Because I, I've run a number of cars on chip fat, uh, yeah. straight vegetable oil. Yeah. Oh, chips, and, and yeah. chips, and yeah. and you get some people taking them. They go, oh, I would never run a car on that because it stinks. You're like, 
Oh, what does diesel smell of? Yeah. Diesel's rancid. Yeah, it's awful, mm. isn't it? So what's wrong with smells lovely, but diesel smells horrid. Yeah, yeah. Well, d- d- to my nose, it's yeah. not Maybe sexy it fuel, is it? No, but you say you're, you've been running them on chip fat. Is this like you know, sort of unmodified chip fat, just sort of filtered and straight in the tank? Yeah. You're not doing any other processing? I haven't done it. No, 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 I've not mixed with methylates or anything like that. Right. Not yet. I'm working on it. Mm. But, uh, yeah, the car's not modified. Although a good and it's working well for you. There's no, you're, not, you're not having any issues with... Where do you get it? Do you go down your local chip shop? Or do you buy the oil? Yeah. Just buy the Ke- oil? Kebab house. Honestly? Yeah, my, my brother got a deal with the local kebab house. We were buying it for 10p a litre. Because it got oh, competitive right. in our area. Oh, oh, wow. So he set up a little system in the shed, in his back garden, because he commutes a long way for work, and a lot of his wages were being blown on fuel. So I had um, the car from Fifth Gear, the, the, the Mercedes 250D, and we bought, me and him bought another Mercedes diesel, a 300D saloon, and we thought, well, we'll just run them. We'd not even modified them. I mean, we, we have to change the fuel filters regularly. How yeah. regularly? Oh, I mean, I'd probably change them every 1,000 miles. Yeah, but we're talking. Bits of chicken but, you know, but how cheap is a fuel filter? A, f- a fuel filter was yeah. four Fiber? pounds. Yeah, yeah right. and it took you know a thirteen mil spanner, and it took I don't know f- a t- couple of minutes to change. I used yeah. to keep one in the glove box as a spare. Good idea, yeah. and it was effortless. I applaud your approach to alternative fuels, but get this for an alternative fuel. I'm going to read this from the Lotus press release. So it's a press release, so don't take it too seriously. <laughs> right? We are is all it embellished. Well, yes, it is. Line, you know. But listen to this. Low carbon number alcohol fuels, methanol and ethanol, give more power when burned in the engine than conventional gasoline. Okay, right, we accept that. Okay. The performance benefits come largely from the high heats of vaporisation of methanol and ethanol, which give strong charge cooling effects and the increased octane rating. There are other secondary thermodynamic effects. Methanol's higher heat of vaporisation leads to a slightly higher performance relative to ethanol. But get this, synthetic methanol, a green fuel, question mark. Synthetic methanol green credentials arises from its potential to be completely completely co2 neutral the most likely future mass production of the fuel is by and this is real star trek stuff this using electrochemical techniques to combine oxygen hydrogen and carbon carbon could be sourced from carbon dioxide recovered from the atmosphere using either large-scale extraction facilities or biomass. Oxygen would be taken from the atmosphere already contained in the CO2 molecule. Hydrogen would be acquired through the electrolysis of water. Challenges remain in the electrical power required. In a green future, this could be supplied from renewable sources, an issue already being addressed by supporters of hydrogen as a fuel. So, basically, this car, this Lotus Exige, is designed with the concept in mind of having ruddy great big filters on mountainsides that will soak in the atmosphere and filter out the carbon from the atmosphere and using nuclear power to electrolysis on water to get hydrogen and carbon and to react them together to create a free fuel. And this free fuel would fix the problem of the carbon in our atmosphere. That's unbelievable. A, no, it is not going to fix the problem of the carbon in our atmosphere. Thank you, Jacques. That's, you know, that's I nearly believed all of that. Hang on. Well, <laughs> I was convinced. <laughs> uh, you know, Explain And when I say that in that sort of odd definitive and slightly, you know, it is not going to fix the problem. I'm not having a go at Lotus in any way because yeah. I think what, you know, what they're doing here in, first of all, you know, putting on the road this technology demonstrator of the tri-fuel car and also talking about and getting interested in the fuel production side of it is is great and we need motor manufacturers to be doing that they have to be really engaging positively with 
these you know new directions for fuel train technology and exactly what the fuel is and where it's coming from is really important now in the bit that you read out there there were two key words or phrases that stuck out to me first was right at the start yeah the potential for it to be co2 neutral and secondly um let me just challenges to overcome you just pass the bit yeah it was okay so yeah it's potentially co2 neutral okay we'll come back to potential Second, hydrogen would be acquired through the electrolysis of water, challenges remain, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, exactly. Challenges remain because the electrolysis of hydrogen is a process that at the moment I think you can't do with much more than about a 40% energy efficiency. Right. And as anybody who's looked into this will know, hydrogen is not a source of power. It's not a source of energy. It's a a, a means of storing energy because we can't go and mine lots of hydrogen. Hydrogen is something that we can only produce by putting energy in. And we either put energy into electrolysis, as described here, or we put energy into a process of getting hydrocarbons out of the ground and I think they call it cracking or something else that you do. Basically, you get steam... Hydrocarbon you, cracking, I yeah, think. Hi- crackers. Hydro cracking. Hi- crackers. Hi- yeah. Crack- yeah. Basically, you combine steam and hydrocarbons in yeah. clever ways with the right catalyst and bang, you get hydrogen out. But, but little you have to put a lot of energy side. into doing that. You know, it's, it's not an energy That's neutral process. Exactly. And so it nuclear. is more efficient to uh-huh. actually put the electricity into a battery in the car than it is to... Right make some hydrogen and da, 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 all that kind of stuff. Mm. Tell you what, this is a sexy car because it says trifuel all over it and people, oh, it runs on trifle, the sherry in it or something. Imagine that. The way that I think is the really cool future, potential future for fuel production, it's going to be bugs, microbes, bacteria. Oh, no, we, oh, rubbish. Know, we're going to have... Biomass. Oh, we're quite surprised if in, let's say, 20 years' time, maybe less, we're not putting a lot of stuff in our fuel tanks, which mm. there will, and there will still be plenty of vehicles around the fuel tanks. The stuff that's going to those tanks I reckon a lot of it will be basically crapped out by bugs and just as some bugs yeast which are kind of bugs you know crap out alcohol when they feed on sugar we're going to have other bugs that are going to excrete petrol octane heptane like hydrocarbons and when they're feeding on cellulose or other stuff, and you know yeah. that is how we're going to get a lot of fuel. And there are already engineered bugs around that will excrete diesel fuel. So you know, we're, people are doing Just this stuff already. There was fuel a, poo, fuel yeah. poo. Fuel poo. Well, we're, we're drinking bug poo, aren't well, we? That's true. Poos. I mean, like you say, yeah. I mean beer and, you know, and that kind yeah. of thing is one of the finest inventions. And that is, like you yeah. say, that is a similar process. There was a thing on the news this week about geoengineering, not quite terraforming, but they were talking about the possibility that we could re-engineer the Earth to fix the problems of the CO2 in the atmosphere with ruddy great big filters in the sky and yeah. stuff. And, a, because it's cheap, and, and B, because it's too late to fix the problems of there being too much carbon dioxide. Yeah, yeah, so we've got to put a elastoplast on it, you know. Pretty much. Um, but the idea that we can now drive cars fuelled by similar concepts is kind of appealing. And like you say, we applaud Lotus for doing that. It is a bit pie in the sky, but I tell you, you, but you need that. Don't they're you? researching, the, yeah, but they are yeah, researching yeah. the right areas. Yeah. And, you know, and we don't, we're not clear about you know where the path is going to take us. We yeah. don't know what the path is, but they are researching the right areas. They absolutely deserve a big round of applause for doing that. You know, and, and, and not only that, but they're making it sexy. This is a Lotus Exige. Yeah. Yeah. This car was parked outside my house here. People would come. I'm not kidding. They would knock on the door. Gareth, is that your car outside? Yeah. Can we have our photo taken in it? So if you want to make future technology sexy, forget your Toyota Prius. Yeah, yeah. You want to put it in sexy race cars like that. This is where Ferrari are missing a trick, I think, at the moment. They should go down the high-tech route, I think. I, th- I think you're right, because, you know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, um, alternative fuel cars have got to be, you know, run-of-the-mill kind of commuter hacks. 
Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe, yeah, that's where it'll eventually be because, you know, those sorts of commuter cars are the ones that belt out all the bad emissions. Whereas, you know, a fry that you do a thousand miles a year in doesn't pollute that much, but yeah. it's getting the message across. Yeah. Well, the whole fu- future fuels thing, I mean, it's such a multifaceted subject because I don't think there is one solution. No, and, that's yeah, the I, truth I, of it. Yeah. I, think you're, I think you're right, and, and I think that's one of the reasons why the tri-fuel kind of thing is a great area to be working on because you then have, if you like, that one solution, you know, that power plant and everything yeah. goes with it, that can work with a bunch of fuels depending on what is the best local solution perhaps or the Absolutely. best solution at the time. If the future is cars like that little Lotus, I um, can't wait for the future. I love that car. It made some great noises as well because it had an intercooler and a supercharger just behind your ear. It, it was like having a thousand micro seagulls on the overrun going, choo, 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 <laughs> great noises. And, you know, we've all done it. You arrive at a roundabout in a Lotus going a little bit quicker than you would then you should <laughs> <laughs> and it goes round it because it's a lotus yeah so beautiful thank you lotus for that and jolly thank you for coming in that's it we're out of time i'm afraid I, no, that's it's a, it. it's a pleasure it's Man, a pleasure thank we, you we love you on the telly we love you on the show will you come back i'd love to come back maybe i'll never go maybe stay i'll stay here I'll stay actually here. you've got to go because you've got your own podcast give us a plug of your own podcast it's called what where do we get it uh, I haven't got a name for it oh no i have uh, i think it's called um, johnny smith's um, pod outcast Actually, I can't even remember what I called it because <laughs> I just typed it in and it where, was later. Where do we get Do it? a search for Johnny Smith Podcast. That, sh- that uh, should find it. If you me. go to uh, twitter.com slash carpervert, I'll, I'll put a link on there because it's, it's on Podomatic. If you go on the Podomatic website and just type in carpervert, you'll probably find it. Some of it contains rude material. Thank you for saying that. We're, so does this show sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll put a link to it on the uh, information page for this episode, which is episode 99 of Gareth Jones on Speed, which means the next episode of this humble little podcast, which was Zog's idea to start some five years ago, I think now. It was uh, long ago, blimey. It was, yeah. Will be episode 100. 100. Is that like a centenary without it being 100 years old? Yeah. Uh, is, which it, is, is there a word? 100 episodes old. Is it a centenary episode? Um, so it's going to be completely different to any other episode of the show that you've heard so far. It will be uh, a to make. I know We're going to do it on an airfield naked. <laughs> <laughs> Again? Have we, actually, have we actually decided in exactly what way it's going to be? Yeah, but we're not, gonna, we're, we're not going to tell them now. But that conversation we had about how we were going to do it. Do you yeah. remember that? I remember that. They were going to do that. When you were blind really drunk. Yeah, yeah we were. Uh, see you for show 100 I've been Gareth Jones he's been Zog he's been Johnny Smith thank you gentlemen thank you and see you for show 100 bye to send us an email see pictures get song lyrics join our Facebook fan site or follow us on Twitter go to garethjones.tv Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang (laughs) 